0: What a good start from Max Verstappen. Verstappen. Is he going to get Carlos Sainz? He's trying run the outside into turn one. Verstappen goes in a second, just does it. Gets past Carlos gets Sainz. That for the lead. Max Verstappen gets alongside Charles Leclerc. He takes the lead of the Miami Grand Prix. Max Verstappen comes out of the final turn in Miami to take victory. victory. He takes his third win of the season. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> what a race, nice mates. That was nice. Tough
2: one, that's really good.
0: Race five of the 2022 season, and it was another cracker. And of course, Max Verstappen getting his second consecutive victory. Our Red Bull now on a roll. Well, let's dissect it all on this week's F1 Nation with me, Tom Clarkson, and with no Natalie Pinkham and Damon Hill this week, I'm delighted to say that we have Marcus Ericsson as our Damon Hill. Marcus, of course, five years in Formula One. You're an IndyCar star now, but what have you made, first of all, of that performance from Red Bull?
3: I think it was very, you know, very impressive to see. Again, seeing Red Bull and Max stepping it up when it needed, you know, in the race. I think the race pace they've got the last couple of races, it's been They've had the edge on Ferrari, right? So it's, uh, it's close, but yeah, Max is doing a very, very good job at the moment.
0: I feel the momentum is with them now, do you?
3: I, I feel so as well. And it's, you know, twice now they've been overtaking Charles and, and you know, the Ferraris had track position, but uh, but they can, you know, they have a little bit more pace, it feels like, especially in the races. So I think Ferrari has a bit of work to do to sort of get that back. It's, it's still very, very close, but, uh, but yeah, Max is, uh, is doing a very, very good job. He's on a roll, isn't he? Now, another band member with us this evening is,
0: of course, Sam Power, uh, Channel 10. He's an expert host, of course, in the Paddock Club as well. Sam, as we started the Miami Grand Prix with Charles Leclerc on pole position, where did you think this race was going to go? In which direction? It was hard to say, but I mean,
4: every single week, we do this time and time again, don't we? We come into the weekend, Ferrari look unbelievably strong. We think, oh, they're just gonna walk it. And then, as you said, you know, Max comes fighting back and the race pace is there. But it was was such a yo-yo Grand Prix as well, because then out of nowhere, Charles had fastest laps, was hunting down Max, started to close the distance. Like it was,
0: it was extraordinary to see what happened. Ferrari, second and third. They're now only six points ahead of Red Bull Racing. And when you consider all the retirements that Red Bull have had this year, I think we need to see a reaction from Ferrari now. Do you? Absolutely. They need to like
4: they can't be complacent with the, the advantage that they had at the start of the year. That's now all but evaporated. We're about to go back into the European season where there's going to be update central going on the cars. Uh, interestingly enough, a lot of porpoising seems to be, well, I guess reduced at this Grand Prix circuit. A lot of that's down to the way the track is. But uh, I think, honestly, they've, they've got to get a wiggle on because Red Bull are, are really proving to be a, a, an unbelievable force now in this championship.
0: Uh, Christian Horner, of course, team principal of Red Bull, is with us now. Was it ever in doubt, really, in your mind?
5: No, no, never. Well, only from about lap one. But... Um... Yeah, look, it was a, a, an incredible race by Max again, you know, the start was crucial, the pass, the tyre management and Deg was, was vital and, uh, you know, he made, it, he made it work and then the pressure he was under after that last safety car, um, you know, he just couldn't break the toe or the, or the DRS and uh, it was just vital not to make a mistake and he just kept it very clean and, uh, you know, a great race, great victory.
0: It was a messy start to the weekend for you guys on Friday, is it a surprise to have come out with the number of points that you have?
5: Well, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, losing all that track time on a new track, um, you know, was was, uh, was expensive for us. There was a few things we would have changed with more data. But you know, he made a great recovery, and uh, you know, to win today, and it was a tough win as well. I mean, Ferrari were a great opponent, um, but uh, you know, it was important for us for both championships. Bigger picture stuff now. The Miami Grand Prix. Uh, great. I mean, the reception. I've never had a Grand Prix I've been so busy. I was relieved when the when the lights went out. I mean, the reception that we've had here in Miami has been insane this weekend, and you can see America's waking up to Formula One, and that's, uh, that's so exciting because, you know, it just takes it to a new dimension.
0: It's certainly been brilliant. Thank you very much, Christian. Adrian, we always do this to you as you're about to leave, but still uh, on the bounce now. Things are looking pretty good as far as you see it.
6: Oh, crikey, as you saw, I mean, again, it's so close. You really can't say that, and as I said last time, we only got to look back at last season where there were a few races where we had some pretty good dominant wins austria so forth mexico and then the next race it swings around so it's really can't be uh, relaxed at this point that's for sure
0: with your race engineering head on how challenging has this track been has it been a fun one to do from your point of view
6: um it's has actually been quite a difficult track because the the, the tarmac is completely different. They've used granite as a substrate. And that kind of, the way that the tires behave on that has been a bit different to what we've experienced at the first uh, four. So there's a bit of learning to do. And, and to be perfectly honest, I think we, everybody, uh, because of all the red flags we'd had in the, in the practice sessions, nobody really got some proper good long runs in. So exactly how the tires are going to behave in the race, how far we get with the mediums. Once we did stop with the mediums, if we're forced to stop early, would we get one stop on the halves from the end? It's it's so difficult. I've been
0: told that you've got got to to go. I always delay you for your flight, Adrian, but many congratulations. Well done, well done. Great, great effort. Look, Marcus, just a word on Formula One in in the United States, right? You've you've been out here now for how many years? Yeah, I've been here for three years. Is Formula One gaining traction? I mean, we believe it is inside our Formula One bubble, but is that actually what's happening over here now?
3: A hundred percent it is. You know, you can tell, or I can tell that all the people I speak about when I say, you know, I'm racing in in the car or whatever, everyone talks about Formula One. Everyone Talks about the Netflix show. Everyone, you know, watches the races now, and I think this weekend was a good, you know, showing of that because everyone wanted to be here, right? Like I, I called up a couple of weeks ago and I was like, "Hey, can I get a ticket?" And I called Alpha, and they were like, um, "We get you one for Friday." And I'm like, "Seriously? <laughs> like I drove four years for you guys? Like can you not give me a ticket?" And they're like, it's crazy. And then yeah, luckily he could give give me a ticket for the whole weekend. But yeah, I think that shows how how popular it is these days.
0: Now, we've made our way down to Ferrari, and it's great that you're on the show because you can give us some insight into the world championship leader that very few people can, Marcus. Charles Leclerc, you were his teammate, of course, at Alfa Romeo back in 2018. Um, First of all, just tell us what is so special about that guy, and then we'll talk about his race in a bit.
3: I, I think, you know, already in 2018, when he came into Formula One, you could tell straight away that He's an extremely fast race car driver, I think there's no doubt about that. I think everyone can see that. But the way also he he works, you know, his work ethic, ethic, you could tell that straight away. He was so determined to to do well and to to learn, to speak to me. He asked me a lot of questions. I had, you know, quite a bit of experience <laughs> he, at that point. Did you tell
0: him the truth? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I did.
3: Uh, but, uh, but you know, he was super fast straight away in the car. And then the way he sort of, you know, his, his own Worst critics, you know, he always, you know, are self-critical when he does mistakes and, you know, owns up to them and learn from them. And I think that's one of the biggest strengths of Charlie Leclerc, that he, yeah, he do mistakes sometimes, but he learn from them them, and, and, you know, move on and become stronger. And uh, it's, it's good to see him this year when he really have a car that he can, you know, win and, and fight up front. And he's been delivering.
0: How do you think he's going to deal with this season-long pressure from Max Verstappen?
3: Is he a cool head? He is a cool head, you know, and I think I think he's gonna he's gonna thrive in it. I think he's gonna do really well with it because I think, from at least what I saw when I was teammate with him, you know, he's the more pressure it was on him, the better he performed. You know, he was that kind of guy, and I think, you know, he's been frustrated the last couple of years because Ferrari hasn't had the car to really fight up front, and now he has it, and I think, you know, from what we've seen so far, he seems to be, you know, delivering when he has that pressure on him.
0: And were you getting excited after the safety car at the end of the race? You know, he, he I don't know whether they turned the engine up on that, but he was suddenly really, really quick, wasn't he? Right on Max's gearbox.
3: He was right there and, you know, trying to take advantage of it. And he uh, was not far away that he could have a go at him as well. So, you know, that shows that uh, it's, uh, you know, he's in the mix all the time and uh, you can never count him out. We're talking about Ferrari
0: and we're joined now by a man who I think is a Ferrari fan,
7: Ian Poulter. You've got red shoes on. Is that because you're a Ferrari fan? I'm an F1 fan more than I am, like, having to pick an individual brand. I, you know, I play golf with Lando. Um, How good is Lando's golf? Sorry to interrupt you. I tell you what, he's, a, he's, actually, he's actually very good for someone that's only picked up a club in the last two years. He probably spends more hours on a golf course than he actually does racing that car. <laughs> what did you make of this whole miami event i i'm blown away by it to be honest i think you know looking at it from a fan perspective every credit to formula one to try and expand and grow formula one inside america right i think it's been too long it's such a massive market i think netflix has done such an amazing job from a fan base perspective to grow the drivers the team principles the teams themselves like it's about time you know, it kind of exploded over here. So this, this was a perfect scenario, I think, to kick it off. I'm sure there's some tweaks that they're going to need to make over the next couple of years to make it better. But the paddock has been... Mental. It has been mental. mental. Now, I don't know... How, yeah, it has been absolutely mental for people that haven't been in a paddock before. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be in the paddock a couple of times. I don't know how many extra people there were here this week, but it was, it was intense um but it's been it's been wild I, i've loved every minute of it joshua my 10 year old has got bags of goodies um which is <laughs> oh my god he's got
4: literally yes. every signature
7: <laughs> he's got hats he's got shirts he's got um yeah i mean it just uh it, it, it's been great um it will be nice to watch the race back i think again like with a bit of peace and quiet because you know i really didn't see an awful lot of the race catching up with too many great people, good friends, it's been amazing.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Glad you well, enjoyed thanks it. Thanks for having Cheers. me. all right, bye. Well, that's Ian Poulter, golfer extraordinaire. Sam, by the way, Marcus, is a mad keen golfer. Prior to that, um, Marcus, you were telling us about Charles Leclerc, very solid race uh, to second place. Now, Carlos Sainz, the guy has had an absolute mare for the last two races, hasn't he? Um, How important was that podium today for him?
3: I think for his confidence it was extremely important and I think also you know, bouncing back from that Friday he had, you know, that, that, that Friday spinning in FP1 and then ch- crashing in, in FP2, you know, to come back from that and have such a strong qualifying that he had. I think that was super impressive to be that close to Charles and then have a really solid race, no mistakes and, you know, being there on pace as well. I think he really needed that after the last couple of weekends. So, uh, yeah, really good for Carlos.
0: Yeah. And of course, he's got a tough teammate that you know all about the thing is now he's only got what is it less than half the points of Charles Leclerc and we know how competitive Red Bull are now are are there going to have to be some serious conversations at Ferrari now about who they support in that team or is it too early in the season for that
3: I think yeah I think you know, Shaw's is taking that leader role this year now, and, and I think, you know, they're gonna have to support him for, for that championship, uh, I believe, so I think the way Carlos has been driving the last couple of weekends, it doesn't seem like he maybe agrees <laughs> on, on that, you know, he's trying to, to be ahead of Shaw's but uh, you know, like we've seen in the past, you know, it's always good for a, for a team going for a championship to have a clear leader that goes for it, you know, like Max and Lewis has been the last few years, so uh, I, I think the support will go in, in, in Charles' corner uh, going ahead.
4: So, Marcus, obviously you're saying that, that Ferrari really needs to back Leclerc now. Does that same thing apply to Red Bull? Are they going to pick the same their, their man for this race, or is it still close between them?
3: No, I think it's the same in Red Bull. You know? I think it's going to be, what I see at least, it's going to be that season-long battle between Charles and, and Max going at it for, for the World Championship, and I think that would be amazing. Uh, and I think, you know, Checo... He's been doing a really good start to the season, but I think, you know, Max has that edge on him and he has the team behind him. So, uh, yeah, I, that, that's how I see it going forward. The other thing
4: I, w- I wanted to quickly touch on is that Red Bull seem so strong in the pit stops. And so long as they've got these two, two cars in the race, it just gives them so many strategy options. And that, that seems to be putting pressure on Ferrari because their pit stops are, are not quite up to the, to the standard that they perhaps would like.
3: It's been something, Red Bull, over the years, right? They've always had like yeah. one of the best pits, pit crews in, in, the, in the paddock, and that's definitely very important. I mean, it, it's race-changing.
0: Marcus, look, we've, we've come down uh, now to Alfa Romeo Sauber. You spent four years racing with these guys. I feel they've got all the facilities. I think Fred Vasseur, the team principal, uh, knows, his, knows his eggs when it comes to motor racing, doesn't it? Do you see any reason why this team can't make great strides?
3: I, I do not. I, I think they've done an incredible job with these new regulations. Uh, Ferrari has obviously stepped it up, but you can definitely see that the car is also extremely good, you know, and, you know, Valtteri has come into the team with a sort of, you know, fresh, fresh start for him, uh, and, and he's been doing a tremendous job so far, and uh, it's good to see, like I said, I was here four years, I know how hard these people work, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy for them.
0: I keep saying to you, Marcus, you're good at this broadcasting stuff, because we're now segueing into a chat with Valtteri Bottas. This is a walk and talk, Phoebe, another great race. how do you feel after that one?
8: It was hot, it was physical. I would say it compares as a driver to Singapore. It's pretty, pretty close. And I was really, really hoping for P5 because everything was running pretty pretty smoothly, you know, till the safety car. But then, yeah, some cars like, example, George, he could stop for new tire. He ran really long first in, so I think he got a bit of a benefit from there. And then I lost a couple of places, but hey, still some points. And how competitive was your car this weekend? It was good, you know, qualifying by pure pace, we were fifth. And I honestly think in the, in the race, we should have been able to hold uh, mercedes behind if uh, if there was no, no safety car so not bad and marcus was just
0: saying that you've you've brought a little bit of magic to this team this year you seem i reckon happier than you've been for a long time in formula one am i is that an outrageous statement it's not a crazy statement no I yeah. think <laughs> no, it's pretty obvious that i'm enjoying
8: the driving and uh yeah it's, it's good fun okay well be well done today thank you thanks for
0: coming on the show no worries We've made our way down to Williams. Here is Jos Capito, uh, boss here at Williams, but Jos, you've got a smile on your face. He's delivered again. Alex Albon back in the point.
1: Yeah, Alex is very consistent and if he smells a chance to get a point, I think he's going for it. And so far he always got it, yeah, it's twice so, but I think there's still more to come from him. Just how impressive was his race today? Yeah, he, all his races were impressive so far, were really very impressive, isn't it? And, Um, And and the the car seems to be really good on the race stints, and and so the race speed is pretty good.
4: With Albon's strategies, do you predict some of these before you actually come into the race? I mean, Australia, he did an unbelievable stint. He is now the tire whisperer of Formula (laughs) One. I mean, this guy's incredible.
1: Of course, we didn't plan that for Australia. You couldn't. We just seen that the tyres got quicker and quicker. And so it's okay. We just hope for a red flag. So it will come, it will come, it will come. At the end, it didn't come, but it it worked out to be a point then. And he could push on these tyres at the end. So that made it. And and here we we did a normal strategy, I think. So it was nothing very special.
0: And Jos, where are you at with the development of this car now? Is there a lot coming for Barcelona at the next race?
1: No, you have to be very careful what you, what you bring on development because on the cost cap, you can't have smaller steps. You have to prove that you have a bigger step and then bring a bigger step, but that you do all the parts
0: that work then together. Otherwise, you can never be within the cost cap. That makes it tricky. Very well done to the team. Thank you, Jost. And we can see a red-headed tire what whisperer. What have you done to your
9: hair? <laughs> whoa, whoa. Hang on, you don't want to know how much I paid for this. So the first one got done by orphans so you you know there's a bit of a it's a great cause and if it's not great that's fine (laughs) but this this is done professionally very (laughs) with with a spray (laughs) can very professionally
0: yeah exactly it's bright as anything Alex come on that was another amazing
9: race by you
0: I mean how does this one compare to that 10th place in Melbourne a couple of races ago
9: I would say this one is not as um surprising because uh all weekend, really, apart from qualifying, we've been in the top 10, more or less, every session. And the qualifying was the anomaly. It really was disappointing. You know, we were really frustrated because it was one of them things where we were just quick the whole time. And then you start the race and it's almost like, you know, we've, just, we've had a good car and now we're, we're starting in a position which is you know, like, like the races before. And so once the race went underway, I mean, we, I overtook George for a little bit. I mean, he overtook me straight back, less besides the point. Um, <laughs> you enjoyed that, didn't you? Yeah, I did enjoy that. Um, and we were quick, you know? We were catching the cars in front of us. We were setting good lap times. Of course, we had that little bit of chaos in, in front of us, which helped us. Uh, but again, we were there, and, and again, we took a bit of a, not an obvious risk on strategy, but we stayed out. We didn't box like other people, and it, and it played out fine. I and think just, we got P9. I think during this conversation, I think Alonso's been pinged for... Um, so apparently he got five seconds for causing a collision. With Gasly. With Gasly. Then he cut the chicane twice. You know, I, was, I finished the race 5.2 seconds behind him. So I was only... I was just over two tenths to get P9. And he, he cut the chicane twice to pull that gap. And when I, when I told the team, listen, I can cut the chicane. I would have got three tenths. I would, I would have finished P9. And apparently he's just got penalized for that one. So it's ten, two separate five-second penalties.
0: But you are P9. I think you're destined to have red hair for the rest of your life, certainly the rest of your Formula One career, because it's bringing you luck.
9: <laughs> uh, I might go bold by then. I uh, if yes. everyone
4: thinks it's actually going to work, everyone else is going to spray paint their hair. So this, said, is, this could go crazy. I'm this could go viral. It. I
3: might have to do it for the Indy 500 <laughs> if that's the thing, you know? <laughs> I think you'd look great with red hair, by the way. Alex, just...
0: Talking seriously for a second uh, about performance, we had a chat with Valtteri Bottas just a moment ago and he said he's really happy at his new team and it's bringing the best out of him. And I'm sensing something similar here with you and Williams, is that right?
2: Yeah,
9: it's, um, you know, we've we've hit the ground running and and just gelled as as, as a team. It's always a bit of a learning process, you know, just to understand how the team operate and, and, They've got to understand also how i drive the car um but you know we, we get on really well and um i really enjoy the environment that i in. i feel like i can be a team leader and i can um you know guide things and also at the same time you know we're we're, we're hungry both of us we're, we're both on the what it feels like a, a forged trajectory and i enjoy it very much
0: very well done today have a great time after a race like that you, you deserve it Thank Alex, you thank you very much. We're going to thank do a bit you. of a sort of Williams thing now because Logan Sargent's with us now. So, American driver, Miami Grand Prix. How mega is it? How busy has it been for you to start with? To be honest, I've been
10: flat out the last four days. Um, <laughs> honestly, I haven't stopped. I've been doing live, live grid walks and um, live pit lane walks. That's a first. But um, Are you enjoying, no, th- been, are you enjoying life on this side of the fence? Definitely. Um, I don't feel like I'm quite as cut out
0: for it as a driver, but no, it's going good. Cool. And ha- this momentum that's being built in, in, in America now with Formula One, how is that going to help you in your quest to, to get in
10: a, a race seat in Formula One? Well, as, as long as re- if the results aren't there, it doesn't really matter. So uh, I'm still just worried about doing my job and producing good results, and I'm sure the opportunity will come. And that's in Formula Two, and of course, two weeks' time in Barcelona. That is right. All right. Best of luck with that. Thank, thank
0: you, thank very you much. Logan. So that's Logan Sargent. Marcus, you race against these American guys week in, week out now. Who is the hottest property, do you think? Who's the next American in Formula One? Is it someone in IndyCar? It's
3: Colton Herter. It is Colton Herter? I think so, yeah. I think, you know, he's uh, extremely good. I mean, I've been racing against him the last three years now, and he's super, super fast. He needs to get a bit, you know bit more consistent, maybe. He's a bit up and down in, in IndyCar at the moment, but one of the fastest guys I've ever raced. And I think, you know, now when he has his contract with McLaren for, for testing there, I think uh, he's definitely in line. Uh, but maybe Logan, I don't know Logan very well. You know, he's been racing here in Europe when I've been over in America, but uh, I think definitely we need we need an American in F1.
0: I caught up with Colton a little bit
10: earlier, and this is what he had to say about his prospects of getting a Formula One seat it is a serious ambition of mine there's a lot of things that you know when i am done racing i want to be able to say that i did um and formula one's you know pretty high on the list for for one of those things right i wanted to get to indycar wanted to race in the indy 500 still want to win the indy 500 obviously which i haven't done yet um but yeah there's there's a big list of of different races events series that i want to be a part of And Formula One is definitely, uh, you know, higher up on the list than a lot of things. And for people who don't know, how much road racing experience have you got? It's, that's, you know, my primary background, right? Grew up in karting, so obviously permanent road course, a lot of stuff, and then came into Skip Barber in F1600, and again, all permanent road racing. And then over to uh, F4 and F3, when I was 15 and 16 and back over to Indy Lights until I made the jump to IndyCar. So the primary like, background of me is in oval racing, which I think a lot of people think of when they think of IndyCar drivers and, and they come up through quarter midgets or some sort of open wheel, oval type racing, uh, which isn't the case, and it's just not the case nowadays. Um, so yeah, the primary background is in road racing and of course you have been a teammate of lando norris when you came over to the uk for a couple of years um have you got happy memories of that time now yeah that was so much fun i mean it's so good for me not only as like a racing driver to be able to you know grow and and get better because there was no distractions over there right like i was i think my first year i did 30 races and 25 test days which is just crazy there wasn't I, I, there wasn't more than four days during the race season that I wasn't in the car, which was awesome. And it really, you know, that's what you need when you're young, right? You need laps. And obviously, Lando is a great teammate, and he's gone on to to do great things. And so it was cool to to look back at it and say, yeah, I got I got to kick that guy's ass on some weekends. Um, but no, it was it was it was awesome. He's a spectacular driver. I don't need to say that. Everybody knows that. But it was really cool to. That we kind of both made it into our respective professional careers. He was asked about you the other day and he said, even back then, you were really quick through fast corners. Right. That's your thing, that's your trademark. I guess, I guess that's why I'm an oval racer, right? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it, it was interesting, you know, and, and it was very interesting for me this weekend that a lot of the trends that he showed in Formula Four, because I I was able to look at the data um, after each session of him compared to Ricardo. And a lot of the trends of what he's good at and what he struggled at is still a thing, right? It's still like, everybody says, right, they have their driving style. And that's what they mean by that, you know? I was always very good and still am in in the fast corners. Lando is very good in technical bits, um, you know, getting the speed down to the apex properly and and still getting a good exit. And it's and it cool to see that that's still kind of a, a trend that he's really good at.
0: So look, what is the plan going forward, Colton? You're gonna test last year's McLaren. We know that already. Do you, do you have a date for that?
10: Um, yes, yes, there is a date for it. Um, Are you allowed to reveal I'm it? I'm not. <laughs> I, I probably could, but I don't know. I might get in trouble, so I'm not going to. But it is gonna be, be later in the year. Um, I can't say I'm going in June to to Woking for a seat fit and and then uh, some simulator stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. The last time I was there was in 2019, I believe. In um, just to do, I think I did one day of sim, and so I didn't really get to see the factory, which I'm, I'm hoping I get a, a nice tour of. Another very secretive of everything. So hopefully I can I can see all the bits and bobs, but. Um, yeah so that's going to be the first step and then obviously testing later in the year uh which is going to be fantastic i'm really looking forward to it what is the hope that the test might lead to a race seat here at mclaren um you know i i want to be in f1 you know at some point in my career and obviously time is essential to that so you know it's going to be very important to do a good job in the test and hopefully open some doors you know, as far as I'm concerned right now, right, I don't have a race seat. I don't have a contract for one. So anything can happen for sure. But I'm hoping, you know, if this doesn't lead to anywhere with McLaren, it for, gets people talking a little bit more. Maybe we'll open a, a door if I can go quick enough in the car. Well, Colton, hope you make it. Thanks
0: for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, so you were absolutely right, Marcus. He really wants it, doesn't
10: he?
3: Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I love IndyCar, and I think we all all of us that races in, the, in the car, you know, we, we love it and have so much fun there. but Formula One is still Formula One, right? And I think for Colton, uh, like he says, you know, being in Europe, racing there on the, on the ladder to, to F1, I think definitely, you know, he, he, he wanna take that chance if it, if it shows up. And uh, like, like I said, I think for America, the way they push it so hard now for it uh, race in Miami this weekend, Las Vegas added to the calendar for next year, you know, the next step is to get an American driver on, on that grid. Do you spend a lot of
0: time in Vegas? If you live over here, I'm a little bit worried that I'm not gonna make it through the Vegas weekend.
3: You wanna know something funny? I've been here for three and a half years now and I've never been to Vegas. Is that because you know,
0: you don't trust (laughs) yourself? (laughs) Exactly, I know it's trouble.
3: Maybe I have been there, I just don't remember it.
0: We're now walking back down the paddock. Uh, it seems everyone is heading to the airport with Andreas Seidel now, team principal of McLaren. Andreas, after the highs of Imola, this must be a frustrating result for you.
2: Yeah, no, definitely disappointing to leave the track with zero points. Um, we knew from Friday onwards that the uh, track really didn't suit our, our car, so it's always clear today that it was the maximum we could have done probably was a, a P8 behind the Mercedes cars and, uh, and the Uh, I think there was a chance to do that, but then unfortunately with the incident we had with uh, with Lando, with Pierre, that took away any chance, so disappointing. But uh, we know what we have to improve on the car. We simply have to keep working hard in order to bring these upgrades to the track.
0: But have you found consistency with this car now? I mean, is it going to continue being track specific or do you think you can find consistency everywhere we go now?
2: Um, Well, of course, the target is obviously clear. We want to have performance Every race weekend, independent of track layout, temperatures, uh, tire selection and so on. We know clearly about the weaknesses the current package has and what we have to address and uh, let's speak uh, in a couple of weeks again (laughs) once we have some upgrades on the (laughs) car and then we see where we are. And is there stuff coming for Barcelona? As you know, there's a lot of parameters you have to consider when you bring these upgrades now. You have to manage the budget cap, you have to manage the wind tunnel hours and then you need to decide when you When you want to invest your money, that's a process still in progress. But I'm very happy with the results I'm seeing back home. And let's wait and see. Now,
0: I don't know how you guys managed to do any work at all this weekend. Your garage has had more slabs in it than I think anyone else's. I mean, I even saw you with Paris Hilton on the grid
2: (laughs) and James Corden and, 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 and. and. It's been mad, hasn't it? Yeah, it was an unbelievable weekend for us Uh, as a team for Formula One in in general, it's great to see the the big hype about Formula One here in the in the States. And for us as McLaren team, was a was a yeah mega important weekend. Very important partners. have been here with us. Crazy to see also how many McLaren fans have been around and uh, and out there on the grandstands. So I think everyone felt proud of being part of the team this weekend, experiencing this. I uh, hope we do a better result next year here. It sounds like
4: the ethos in the team is is going unbelievably well. Almost everyone I speak to at McLaren is just saying how happy they are to be there. The team is just gelling. Like You've got to be unbelievably proud of that because that's under your leadership.
2: Well, obviously, when you look back now the last three years, uh, it's great to see the, the steps you could make forward as a, as a team. In the end, uh, results in motorsport, or success is, is the result of a big, big team effort. It's not about indi- individuals. And I think we have a great team in place with the right talents. We have a clear direction of where we want to heading to. Uh, It's good to see that we made these steps already the last two years, but at the same time, that's not what we wake up for in the morning. We want to go get back to win races and fight for championships. We have a clear plan in place of how we make the next steps. Heads down. Let's keep going.
4: Well, thanks for joining
0: us, mate. I really appreciate it. We'll let you catch your flight. Cheers, guys. So Lando, of course, crashing out when he had that collision with Pierre Gasly. Daniel Ricciardo, 13th place.
3: It's definitely not what Daniel wants. I think, you know, he's been pushing really hard to take a step this year, and, and he is closer, but it's no doubt that Lando still has the upper hand. And, you know, again, this weekend, uh, uh, yeah, Daniel was, was struggling a little bit and just missing out on points as well. It's, it's definitely going to be a disappointment for him, and uh, it will be another interesting sort of intra-team battle to, to follow this season because Daniel definitely don't want to be that, uh, you know, second driver within the team
0: while we're talking of these sort of intra-team battles we're now down at mercedes i'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say what's you know lewis hamilton's having a rubbish season he isn't at all but george russell has definitely come in and shown that he is a serious racing driver capable of mixing it with the best
3: hasn't he 100 and i think you know you could see today that when lewis got passed by george there in the end you know he didn't like that and he was you know complaining about uh, the strategy on the radio and and stuff like that so he's definitely not liking uh, that George has been beating him here in the the start of the year and uh, like you say George has come in and has been super super strong and and super impressive and and Lewis definitely has a battle on his hands there uh, going forward. We've been talking about Lewis and George and suddenly here is James Vowles from Mercedes.
0: Let's start by talking about your drivers and the job that George Russell's been doing this year.
11: It's a It's a strong job. I mean, it's always difficult when you come against really the best in the world and it creates an amount of pressure you would never have felt previously. I mean, obviously, George is a champion in F2 and F3, but it really does. It's a new game. It's a new way of dealing with it. And for a driver, it's an incredible amount of pressure that they have to deal with very quickly. It's also a new environment. He's gone from Williams to here. He's worked harder in every area, communications, engineering, etc. That's not that Williams do a bad job. It's just that we have an amount of sponsors that he has to appease here. And he's dealing with all of that and still producing incredible amounts of performance in a calm way on track. Where George is now, is, it's not that the pressure is not, not affecting him, but he's dealing with it all in his strides. He's calm, he's collected, his communication is fantastic, and frankly, he's doing a great job. When you look at his data, what impresses you the most? I, I think the main thing from him is that the, the ability to chip away at it. So he sometimes starts a little bit offset, but it just across the weekend just chips away of it. And by the time he comes to qualifying, makes a little step. And as he gets into the race, carries on that learning and going through. And um, that's what you're looking for for a driver. You're looking for a driver that's not overreaching and going backwards, but just a consistency that he can build on, the foundation he can build on and then get quicker and quicker from there. So James, what about your race car? There's
0: so many people willing it to the front and there was, I think, hope after Friday when George was fastest in FB
11: 2 uh,
0: It then dropped away a little bit. Just Can you just talk us about where, where the performance went?
11: Yeah, it, it's, I mean, you picked up on the right things. On Friday, it's not that we were running low fuel. That car was quick. It was quick on one lap. It was quick on the long run that we did at the end of 2 And it's also fair to say as we went to Saturday and, and from Saturday onwards, the car dropped away, as you said, a little bit. Probably that's being generous. It dropped away quite a bit. Um, if we understood all of the reasons why, clearly the car would be quick in the race or quick in qualifying, and we don't yet. But there's another step of learning that we made this weekend, because we are able for the first time, not just in FB2, but in f one as well, to get both cars into a sensible place. Different track, different conditions, but even so, it provides, a, again, I would use the word foundation to work on, from here onwards into Barcelona to grow. But exactly why? I, we couldn't tell you at this point in time. We don't know specifically, why it it dropped the performance in the way it did. The positive, though, is that we have a car that's producing thousands of channels of data that we can now overlay to each other. Same track, nearly enough, the same conditions, a little bit of wind rotation, where it has gone a lot slower. So let's try and understand why. The difference on Friday is normally through the corners, we would lose quite an amount of lap time, especially through high speed corners. And that had gone. We were just through the cornering performance to Ferrari, near enough equal and to Red Bull, we're actually gaining to them through 11 to 16, and that's a different pattern to what we've seen all year.
4: With all of the resources that you have available to you, I mean, you've got some incredibly talented engineers as well, where does the complexity of finding out where the performance is unlocked, like where does that come from? Why is it hard to figure out where the direction that you need to take for this car?
11: It's a mighty fine question. I think the, the visible <laughs> external thing- He's that, good, isn't he? Yeah. Mighty fine question. Mighty fine. The, the thing that everyone externally can see with the cars is obviously the bouncing. The bouncing affects yeah. near enough everything. <laughs> But it's not a unique problem to us. In fact, with the Red Bull, for for the first time in a while, you saw them at the end of the race suffering from the same issue. It's a complex aerodynamic problem that's an instability that is very difficult to resolve with one single solution. It's not just that you cut the floor in one place and there you go. Uh, we have not found a solution that maintains performance on the car and reduces the bouncing, which there has an impact on a number of other systems at the same time. And I would say there are some teams clearly in a better position than we are. It doesn't mean their bouncing is better, their performance that they're able to extract is better. Doing it in the right way so that you can understand, not just for this year, but across this regulation set, what solutions are right is what's tricky. So in other words, it's it may well be another team potentially in the year goes backwards a little bit as the result of adding an update that negatively impacts it. And that's why it's complex. It's making sure we do the things that are right, not just for today or tomorrow, but for the next three years. If if we remove the lap time out of it, do you just
4: love this engineering challenge? Because it sounds so complex, it sounds so intriguing, it sounds like something that all of these teams want to sink their teeth into and it's kind of a fun problem to solve?
11: Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. And what I mean by that is, this is our life. It's not just our job, it's our hobby, it's our passion, it's every minute that we can spend of free time is thinking about this. So the benefits are it's an incredibly complex puzzle that when we resolve it, and we will resolve it, will be so rewarding. The downside to that is you invest so much of you into it that it just takes over your life. And and so that's what I meant by double-edged sword. Yes, everyone's enjoying the puzzle, but it's not that we don't feel the pressure of the, the millions around the world that want us to be doing well. We do. And we're doing our utmost to fix it. And, and there will be the release of that that will be worthwhile as well. And how important
0: is it going back to Barcelona, a track you've been to before with this car in
11: terms of the learning process? Um, slight correction, not with this car. When we were at Barcelona, we were with the old spec of car. Um, And that's the, I think, the important learning point, because now you get another line in the sand to draw against, where we went there with a previous aerodynamic solution, and we can compare the two, so very. Look, well done today. Thank you for your
0: time. And uh, thanks for the thoughts on George as well. Cheers, James. Thanks a lot, mate. Well, guys, I think it's time for final thoughts now. Look, with your racing driver hat on, Marcus, what did you make of the layout
3: of this track? I thought it was pretty good layout. I thought the sort of uh, tight uh, chicane bit there was maybe a bit... It could have been a little bit more flowy through there, but it did create some good opportunities to attack down to turn 17. So I, I thought it was, you know, when I first saw it, I wasn't sure about it. The more I saw the cars driving on it and, and after the race, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, I think it was, it was a pretty cool place. I, I would love to drive it one day, yeah.
0: And then Marcus, final question from me to you, your driver of the day today.
3: I would pick uh, Max. I think he, he was, you know, when he needed to be fast, when he needed to pull out some lap time out of that car, he did. And, you know, he brought home the, the victory. Very important for the championship. And, uh, yeah, I, if, I'll pick Max.
0: Sam, driver of the day? I'm going to go Valtteri Bottas. If, he,
4: if, he didn't, if we didn't have that crash late in the race, he would have been on for a top five. And that alpha, he's, just, he's doing the best that he possibly can. He's driving at the, at the peak of his limits. And
0: bravo to him. I'd say merits to both of those two. But I'm going to say someone different. George Russell, P5 from P12 on the grid, overtook his teammate. Yes, he was helped by the safety car, but you got to be in it to win it. He put the hard tire on at the start when it must have been really, really hard to get that thing off the line in that on that hard tire. He kept it out of the wall. He kept his nose clean and, uh, you know, came home ahead of his his world champion teammate.
3: Yeah, I I agree on that one because, you know, Yes, he was a bit lucky with that safety car, but he did a tremendous first stint, you know, to get those hard tires to work, and he was going faster and faster and faster and opening up, and he was even on the radio saying, let's stay out if, if there is a safety car or a virtual safety car. You know, he was saying that to the team, exactly. and then that happened. So, you know, you can say he's lucky, but he was also helping the team. He, to, he to... preempted yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's I mean, a very good point. I, I think, you know, he, he definitely put himself in a position to take advantage of that safety car, and he did an excellent race.
0: For a guy so early in his Formula One career, that that is an old head on young shoulders,
3: isn't it? 100%, I think, you know, the way he's been driving this first part of the season, it's been, you know, you don't think he's a, he's a new guy in a Mercedes, you know? Okay, he have a couple of years of experience in Williams, but he's driving like a veteran, and uh, it's been very impressive.
0: Who was the star, the, the, the non-F1 star that you most enjoyed seeing? I'm gonna start this time, Michael Jordan. Just so cool. I mean, my God, the, it really was two a penny, wasn't it? There were so many celebrities here this weekend, but for me, seeing Michael Jordan was just awesome. How about you, Sam? Uh, I saw Matt Damon having Jason Bourne uh, at the Grand Prix. That was, uh, that
4: was pretty cool. Uh, I mean, look, there was Pharrell Williams. Uh, Michelle Obama was here. Who did
3: you see, Marcus? So I'll, I'll pick Tom Brady then. Since I'm now oh, yeah, American, you know, I got, I got to go for the... He's, you know... So big here in America, and it was cool to see. Him. Guys,
0: thank you so much for your time. It has been a phenomenal weekend. F1 Nation is, of course, going to be back on Tuesday, the 17th of May, when we're going to look ahead to the Spanish Grand Prix. But for now, thank you for listening. F1 Nation is produced by F1 and Audio
6: Boom Studios.